Did you happen to see the... Huh? I was just going to say it's my podcast and I want to talk about me. I want to talk about number one. <laughs> oh my, oh my. We're to talk you, about is I. That your, is, that your, is that your homage to the to uh, the dearly departed Tobert Keith? <laughs> dude, dude, the, I, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole this morning digging into the relationship between Toby Keith and former four-star general James Jones. Um, yeah, Jim is there, Jones. Is there something there? Dude, Toby Keith claimed James Jones. Now, was hold his... on a second. Are you talking about Capo of Dipset or uh, an actual <laughs> general in the U.S. military? <laughs> two, two well, very, a lot of important Jim Joneses, honestly. There have been Jamestown, Jim Jones. His, yeah, historically, a lot, of, a lot of noted Jim Joneses. Yeah, and then there's Jim James, the My Morning Jacket guy. Yeah. Um, a lot of JJs. Jim Jones, this one, was a re- he's a Marine Corps four-star general and consultant for Iron Hand Security. <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> Is that as sinister as it sounds? Um, if, you, if by sinister you mean doing work for the Saudi government, then, yeah, sure. I, well, I, it was one of it. two like, things. It it was either that or uh, an outlaw motorcycle group. <laughs> Iron Hand. <laughs> or... Iron Hands MC, I could see that. Yeah, or like um, a fascist like street gang, paramilitary street gang in the 1920s that like assassinates federal judges and stuff. Yeah, yeah no. of course there's those. Um... <laughs> a lot of organized crime. Also, as many noted Jim Joneses as there are, there's a lot of uh, potential organized crime outfits that could be called the Iron Hand. The Iron Hand, yeah. Um, Toby Keith claimed that James Jones was his best friend, his BF, and and he said that he liked Toby Keith said that he liked Obama because he hired his best friend James Jones. <laughs> So let me ask you a question then. So is this like a real thing, or is it like Fess Whitaker saying him and Teddy Roosevelt were best friends? It is a real thing, and the way we know it's real is because James Jones is who corroborated the story. He corroborate. Not only did he corroborate the story, my friend, James Jones is singularly responsible for the Toby Keith song, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. So James Jones, Jim Jones, yes, is kind of like is to the music business, kind of like what the guys that vet movies for this intelligence apparatus are. Well, if I guess so, if they were like best friends, if like I don't know uh, who's the head of the CIA, like William Burns was was like best friends with Michael Bay. Like, hang out on the weekends, friends, man. Like, dude, look, listen to this relationship. Um, uh, Supreme Allied Commander General James Jones told Keith outright that courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, which Toby Keith did not want to release after he wrote, I'm sure. I'm sure he, yeah, I'm sure he didn't want to release it. That's what he, that's the story, anyways. 
That's what he said. That's what he said in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 2001, he was probably gung-ho to release it. He didn't want to release it, but James Jones, Supreme Allied Commander, convinced him to, based off of the fact that it was, quote, the most amazing battle song I've ever heard in my life. That's what James Jones said. <laughs> <laughs> So let me, okay, so of all the, the international, I mean, there's a lot of good calls, calls to arms. The Marseillaise. You know, historically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We are being ran by a guy that thought, we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way, was the high water mark of flight. <laughs> um, yeah, it's American lyricism. I got a couple things to say about this. One. As a general rule, you should not be you should not make your best friend a guy that has the title Supreme Allied Commander. <laughs> Too much pressure in that relationship right from the word go. That is true. Too much power bestowed to a man that's, that's that has a direct line to a guy with that title. Okay? And there's another thing I want to say is your friends can sometimes pull you into some bullshit that's not going to age well. <laughs> Dude, so let's let's take Toby Keith on his face and say, okay, he didn't want to release that. Uh-huh. Okay, let's just let's just assume that's true. Okay, now I think he's doing a little revisionism because you know, mm-hmm. with the benefit of hindsight or whatever. But let's say it's true. <clears throat> Getting goaded, it's like it's like uh, yeah, it's like the uh, multi platinum version of no, nah, bro, it'll be okay. Do it. Jump off that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> The water will break your fall, man. Oh, it's fine, man. It's no. water. Yeah, you can jump yeah. off of you. Can, it's water. It's water's yeah, not hard. It's not gonna hurt you. Look how deep that is. You know, <laughs> and they, what they don't tell you is the surface tension of water becomes like concrete at a certain <laughs> height. You know. <laughs> L- so. Listen, to, listen to how he talked him into it. Um, he told Toby Keith that it was his duty as an American citizen to record the song. It's your job as an entertainer to lift the morale of the troops, Jones told, said to Keith. If you want to serve, that is what you can do. <laughs> so basically what he did was he took... So you know the incident going around the internet about Chris Christopherson supposedly dressing down Toby Keith for yeah. making some comments about his progressive politics or whatever? He, he specifically said this guy's doing to country music what pantyhose did to finger-fucking... Yeah, it's true. I, I think that's what he said. <laughs> so, so you think Toby Keith was feeling some residual guilt about that incident when he met his hero, and his hero was like, "No, nah, I don't fuck with you." Yes, and the, and then it like sprung him to action. He's like, "Oh no, I got to serve." Because I remember Christopherson said, "Have you ever worn your country's uniform?" Mm. Which is like one of those, like you know, it's one of those I like- serve so I can have these opinions kind of things, right? You know? Uh. So do you think like Toby Keith was like, oh, this is my chance to? I never wore the uniform, but this is my chance to really well think be part of it. Think about that. Like my interaction with like vet, like all my veteran friends. Like one one veteran friend I have said that like after war he could no longer jerk off outside of a uh, portageon because he spent so much time jerking off in portageons that the smell of shit. <laughs> Had a Pavlovian. He had an all, all factory reaction. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then I would have. I had another friend who served, 
who was eventually honorably discharged because he would wake up in the middle of the night and find himself wandering the Kuwaiti desert. He would like sleepwalk. He was doing like he did like three tours and by the third was like so addled with like PTSD. And when he came back, when I would hang out with him, he would just I'd walk in the room at four AM and he'd be like dipping snuff and watching IED videos. It's like those were my veteran friends. <laughs> you know, they that it yeah, it doesn't leave you in a normal way. So those are my better veteran friends. Toby Keith's veteran friends were like, Yo, bro, publish this song. It'll change your career. And then, not only that, but that guy then goes on to work for the people that did 9-11, the Saudi government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like uh, the whole thing's a racket. <laughs> it's like There was an op-ed in, in the New York Times this morning that was like, I don't know, I think it was a little too credulous. It was trying to give Toby Keith uh, a little too much credence, basically saying that he was like Merle Haggard, that you never could tell if his songs were satire or real. And it's like, dude, Toby Keith was not a smart oh, man. Bro. This was no Merle Haggard. Bro, bro I, I, no, and also if you were just alive at that time, you know, if you had a pulse in the early 2000s, you knew that that, that man meant it with his whole chest, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to let him skate on that. Now, you know. I do fall in the camp of should have been a cowboy, even though it's a little pro cop banger. But should have cow- uh, should have been a cap cowboy. Yeah, should have been song. a cat boy. It's a song about being a f- wanting to be a furry. Learn to purr and meow and meow. Should have learned to purr and meow. Chasing that red dot, <laughs> sipping my milk from a saucer, <laughs> rubbing on my owner's leg when they sit down to take a shit. Oh, I should have been a cat boy. Yep, <laughs> that's just some. That's just a little survey of some cat things. There you go. <laughs> the uh, the. The New York Times op-ed changed, obviously. It was like the original headline was the pre-partisan politics of Toby Keith, but now it's changed to Toby Keith was an enigma wrapped in a riddle wrapped in the flag. Bro, come on. <laughs> okay, hold, okay, okay. Like, here's the thing. It, okay. it, ain't, it ain't that deep. No. Okay? You know, it ain't that deep. <laughs> Uh, Toby Keith was like most Americans in the early 2000s, only he had a platform and sang about it. You know, he yeah. held the same opinions that most people, a lot of people around, particularly around places like where we grew up, held, you know. Yeah. To- it ain't no deeper than that. Now, <laughs> dude, you know this. Just listen to his songs. Do these people not actually listen to his songs? Probably one of the first Toby Keith songs I ever heard was How Do You Like Me Now? It's like, dude. That was that was a song that every moron who ever like made it onto like the CMT top twenty would write. No one would actually write that song. Why would you write that song? It's so stupid. How do you like me now? Like now that I'm like, on my come on. I don't know. Yeah, but you got you got to say should have been a cowboy is is about a perfect song. No, it should have been a cowboy. It's great. Some of his songs off of that album are good. That 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 whole album, like his first 
self-titled album is great. But the thing is... A weird... A, a, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just never really that into his voice. It was like... um. How do you like me now? He kind of tried to de- meld the 90s grunge rock voice. Like, late in the late you know, 90s. You that know, that is interesting. Yeah, there is like a little Eddie Vedder yeah. uh, goes country in there. Yeah, he tried, like, it's not so much on the first album or like the second album, Boomtown. Yeah. But, uh, like, by the by the time you you got to, like, Beer for My Horses and shit, that's, he's kind of trying well, to sing like that. We got to talk about that, too. A rare uh, Willie Nelson album appearing on a song that's uh, that argued to bring lynching back. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what, like, that's what I mean. Like, there's no depth here. Toby Keith is not an enigma. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing An here. enigma wrapped in a da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, I mean, that said, I mean, you know, I don't know about the whole, like, you know, uh... Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to scold anybody. You can say whatever you want. You know, when when somebody dies, go for it. I don't care. But wow, you know. sounds like you do care. <laughs> <laughs> do do people not know about his song, the Taliban song? That's he's got. He's got. A, he's got a song called the Taliban song. How'd I miss that one? It's pretty racist, man. Um, I'm just the middle age. Is that off shocking y'all? I think it was off shocking y'all. He's like, you know what we need to do? We need to, we need to bring, we need to kick us up a peg. We need to shock them, y'all. I'm gonna shock yeah. y'all. <laughs> um, the, I, the, the, also where should have been a cat boy appeared too. Is it like a, a <laughs> hidden track, like a Hotel California esque hidden track? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, what was the um? I want to talk about me and the Statue of Liberty. That was his Liberty. first like, big hit, yeah. Hey, Uncle Sam, and the Statue of Liberty started shaking her, her dick. That's the thing, too. He <laughs> should have made Statue of Liberty trans. That's what... Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. He should have. For, if it, for the maximum shock value. Well, it's hard, it's hard to know now because one of his later songs... One of his, let's see here. I'm I'm just tabbing through my Keith uh, Toby Keith lyrics tabs. Um, Happy birthday, America from 2021. It's all about um. My how, man was jacked up on America. Oh, he loved till the till the bitter end. I mean, like so much so that like the red solo cup is honestly. Like in my opinion, like the red solo cup is like the emblematic of America. That is, yeah, that, yeah. that is really like the American icon, right? Uh, yeah, it's not the Statue of Liberty. It's no, not, not the bald uh, Lincoln's eagle. Memorial. It's not the Washington Monument. The bald eagle. No, none of that. Mm-mm. It is the humble red solo cup. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he was mad that people were pissing. On the red, white, and blue. See, I'm mad that people are. Piss- but was anybody really doing that though? No, people were pissing red, white, and blue. They like their people, piss. Yeah, their piss was red, white, and blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't recall any like, um, you know, 
any of that kind of stuff. It's almost like you know they spat on our boys when they came home from Vietnam. You know that type of. I know why did why, why didn't they say that back then? Like they spat on they peed on our boys. They were pissing on our boys. They were pissing on our sweet boys the minute they hopped off the plane. Can you believe that? And they all had syphilis, and their piss was red, white, and blue. <laughs> they used to say that in school. Like, if you got syphilis, your piss would be blue. Really? Didn't they say that? Or was it gonorrhea? I can't remember. Or, I, don't, I, don't, or, I didn't. Or did they I say that it would that. make your dick blue? I don't know. I don't there was blue. There was blue somewhere in fall. I think you're thinking of the blue waffle. What's that? I mean, remind me. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> it's better. It's better if you don't. <laughs> what is I'll like? Stop you right there. <laughs> an STD changes your dick into a waffle. It's like you wake up one morning. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Hey, listen. We don't need to talk about this anymore, and you don't need to interrogate the question anymore. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you don't want to do this. I'm doing. <laughs> if you search for it, it's on um, Planned Parenthood. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, whatever. What they're trying to, they're trying, they're trying to, they're they're trying to whitewash the blue waffle now. <laughs> they're trying to gatekeep. They're like saying it's like Joe Biden's brain. They're like, no, everything's fine here. There is no blue blue waffle. Jo- there Joe is Biden's no fine. blue waffle. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> um. Huh. Oh man, pissing red, white, and blue. Uh, well, if I could take you back a little further in our proud lineage, uh, did you see the news that, uh, Prince Charles has cancer? I did. And he's, and did you also see the news that he's opting to treat it like a, like a Portland anti-vaxxer mom? <laughs> he said potions, potions and herbs, right? He's used, yeah, he's using potions, herbs, uh, natural medicines is what he's going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but I could have told him years ago when I saw those fingers that all was not right in his endocrine system. What, I mean, what would, what's the course of uh, medication treatment that you would recommend? Well, for one, for starters, once my fingers started outpacing (laughs) the size of my ring, I would have reduced my sodium intake. (laughs) Not for nothing, probably would have, you know, brought down my fluid intake a little bit too. Just, just see what that done, you know. Mm. Now for the cancer, you know, I mean, I can't tell any person how to approach that, but uh, yeah, you know, you have enough tools at your disposal, you know, to, and I understand cancer doesn't discriminate, but there is something like, you know, Toby Keith rode for a country that just let him die as a rich guy, mm-hmm. you know. Prince Charles, uh, apparently choosing to go the way of Steve Jobs. Well, you know? it, it, I, w- I will say that if he opted for any kind of actual medical like, care, like any modern medicine, it would be a little out of place. Like, a monarch has to... If, if you, That's the trade-off. If you're going to be yeah. a monarch in the 21st century... You should have to die like a monarch would back in the day. So that's true. Bloodletting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Things like that. Leeches. The glass delusion. Are you familiar with the glass delusion, dude? I don't think so. The glass delusion was something from the uh, late Middle Ages or late medieval times, early Middle Ages. Um, 
it was it was a result of the introduction of mass-produced glass into Europe, and so people would convince themselves that they were made of glass. And Charles the Sixth of France. There was a hysteria. There was a hysteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a nation of glass boys running around thinking <laughs> they were made of glass. Except they weren't running around anywhere. They were like, I can't move. I'm not going anywhere. Because if I do, I'll shatter. I'll shatter. Even yeah. though they could clearly see they were made out of flesh and bone, like the rest of us. I think it's like they thought under their skin was glass. So I have so many questions. Yeah, I mean, like one, one. How did these people rule the world for? <laughs> yeah, I guess it, even yeah. imbeciles with guns can get an edge. So that you, you're asking that question now, the same week that like two new videos dropped of Joe Biden that are the most concerning videos I have Things seen. I've, I have ever seen. <laughs> and listen, I saw some of those early beheading video, ISIS beheading videos. You know. <laughs> I saw two girls, one cup. I've seen a lot of concerning videos. I've seen some concerning videos, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I saw I saw a tweet that like this guy was like I walked into a room one time and Norm Macdonald showed me the the Bud Dwyer video and I was like that's exactly how I saw the Bud Dwyer video. Except it wasn't Norm Macdonald, it was my brother in the computer room. He <laughs> was like check this out. I think I saw a guy named Shane that had scabies showed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, okay, this week, Biden was talking about the border issue, uh, the border crisis, for whatever you want to call that. Um, And, like, I don't know, man. I'll play the clip. I'll, I'll splice it into the episode, but I'm sure you've heard it by now. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the... There's been a response from the opposition. But, um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be... Uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. But then there was another clip going around where he seemed to confuse Macron for Mitterrand and Angela Merkel for Helmut Kohl. Like old politicians were like, <laughs> listen, listen, listen to this quote. But Okay, okay, okay. The funny thing about that is I almost understand Merkel for 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 Helmut Kohl more than I do the other one. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Francois Mitterrand, uh, uh, Macron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I could see it. Um, I mean, my <laughs> did Mitterrand died in like the nineties, though. I think he's been dead for a while. For a while, <laughs> um, ninety six. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's the Mitterrand thing, but here's the the, the, the I, dude. I like I read this. Let's listen. Let me just read this quote to you. Okay, this is what Biden said last night. 
first got elected president, I went to a G7 meeting with seven heads of state in Europe, and I sat down and said, America's back. The president of France looked at me and said, for how long? And I never thought of it this way. And then Helmut Kohl of Germany looked at me and said, what would you say, <laughs> Mr. President, if you picked up the London Times tomorrow morning and learned there's 1,000 broken down doors of the British Parliament? Killed some on the way in to deny the next prime minister to take office. And you think, what would we think? <laughs> okay, here's what's concerning about that, okay? <laughs> I get like a Freudian, I get like, oh, I said Mitterrand instead of Macron, okay? Yeah. It's it climate, must start with M, yeah, whatever. M, right. Like, he's, he's ancient, whatever. Right. The fact that he botched two of them... <laughs> And one of them is not even the same gender as the current <laughs> premier. <laughs> it is normal to be forgetful for, or to forget certain things. It is not normal to be confounded by the concept of numbers. <laughs> it's like, you're right. Well, like he, there was two events that he did this at. He made this mistake twice yesterday. So he must have had like a a rough outline, like a rough plan for his remarks, his statements. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I, I love like the, 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 the way that we sweep into this narrative is, is so great. First got elected president. I went to a G seven meeting with seven heads of state in Europe. And I said, dad and said, America's back. President of France looked at me and said, for how long? And I said, I never thought of it this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He comes in rolling all this dick swagger and then immediately backs off of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, actually. <laughs> Mitron said, for how long? And I said, oh, I never thought of it that way, man. I never thought about it that way, Mitt. Never thought about temporal, extemporaneous, temporal conjectures you know and the boundaries of time <laughs> and then helmet cold germany looked at me just like dude i don't know it going back to what you just said a minute ago is it really that crazy like to imagine like oh how did people rule a thousand years ago how did like syphilitic insane people who thought they were made of glass rule a thousand years ago it's like is it really that hard to conceive actually yeah i stand corrected it's actually not that well it's also the same concept as like you know i don't agree with it obviously but like you know when when there was like this call to return to normalcy like after the trump years and stuff like that you know yeah like it almost seems quaint just to have run-of-the-mill crooks just doing like normal boring attack ads now, like, everybody's got to have, like, an epic flamethrower to burn the Constitution with or, you know, uh, you know, they'll, they'll like, paint a, a tree the color of uh, China or Russian flag and then, like, just, like, pull it out with, like, a big, you know, J.D. Power and Associates approved uh, pickup. Yeah. Like, they just do wild shit like that anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. we we were it's like it's how did it get to be that only carnival barkers can hold power <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> what's i think dude it's like i said i i think we've reversed engineered monarchism i think it's like like i, I made this point on twitter but like 
the great bargain of meritocratic democracy, right, is that you ostensibly it facilitates the upward mobility of the most confident or competent, like rational technocratic planners, yeah. right? Like, like you you would imagine, like, um, obviously, I don't think it actually works this way but like in its most ideal form in its most idealistic version that's the way it's supposed to work so that right. you don't get you know the glass delusion king so that you don't get the the king who's like so insane he just like wants to arbitrarily execute like 30 of his courtiers and torture them to death for his own fun you know what i mean like right. just something crazy like that you'd see in game of thrones right 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 yeah. but like we've we have actually just w <laughs> walked backwards into that. And, like, there's nothing we can do about it because we're, we're not going to convince them otherwise. Like, it's funny how, like, the window passed on that. Like, as recently as, like, a month ago, people were still, myself included, like, oh, surely there's still a process where you can run somebody else and, and you know, like, there could be someone else to run. But no. No, no. And it, the thing was is I always thought, like, somebody like um, Gavin Newsom or some. Somebody was running like a shadow campaign, you yeah. know what I mean? Just so that he could step in there in the event that Biden was too publicly, um, how do I put this delicately, unfit for office. <laughs> uh, but turns out, no, it turns out that they're going to ride with, uh, you know, the syphilitic king yeah, <laughs> until the, the, the end. There's no way to, I don't know, you have to assume that all of his courtiers and regents, like the people surrounding him, you have to know, like, surely they know, like, this doesn't look good. And that's what's so funny is, like, I, I got online and, like, obviously I go seek out the most deranged takes I can possibly find. But, like, I found one. <laughs> I, think I found, you know, it's just people, like, obviously in blue and on Twitter saying, like, this is masterful. He's this is masterful politics. This I've never no, I'm like 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 they've convinced themselves of that, dude. <laughs> dude. You know, you said something to me. I came to you, I guess, probably a month or two ago, and was talking to you about something in my personal life or whatever, and you know, and relating to you know people kind of coming unglued and stuff like that. There is kind of a point of no return. Yeah. Of you know what I mean? Of like, like once you get so far into some of this stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think. So, like, and that's just as true of liberals as it is of the Trump people. Th things gather a kind of momentum and social movement that you can't just stop those things. Like, that's yeah. that's not... I don't know. It's because, like, something I've been wrestling with a lot lately is, like, how much agency do humans have? How much agency do, like, social groups have and, and even entire classes and it's like, yeah. I think that there are historical moments where they have a lot of agency and can intervene quite decisively. And then sometimes I think that the structural forces are such a torrential downpour that, like, there's really nothing you can do. And, like, perhaps this is an end of a phase because, like, I, I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about this, like, how 1848, right, was, like, the... Uh, the almost the capstone or, or, or it was, like, the signal event that like bourgeois democracy in the West had arrived. And that's why they called yeah, it the right. springtime of the peoples. It was like yeah, yeah, this yeah. like this moment pregnant with possibility and potential. 
And like now, I I genuinely feel like we are at the end. We're at the nap time of the peoples. It's the like, nap time of the peoples. <laughs> Everybody, get out your little cots and let's read you a bedtime story. <laughs> Don't get better from here. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nap time, man. It's nap time. Uh, I watched that that movie Zone of Interest. Yeah, uh, how is it? Pretty good, pretty good. And uh, you know, and there's this like sort of scene where. Well, I mean, I guess I could. This wasn't. This won't really ruin anything because Rudolph Hess was like a real person, and it's kind of based off him and his wife, like living literally on the other side of the wall from Auschwitz, and mm. how they, you know, just kind of go about their normal life. While in the background, you can hear gunshots and right people being burned alive and suffering and all this kind of stuff, and they're just, you know, eating cake and shit. Right. And there's this moment where, like he's kind of leaving his office and he's like starts retching and like like insinuating that he's like throwing up mm. and he kind of looks you know <clears throat> down the hall of that the building that they're at or whatever and it's not clear if it's like he's having a moment of clarity about his crimes yeah. or if he's just breathed too much uh, residual like uh Zylon, you know the Zyklon B Zyklon yeah. B in and he's got some sort of weird you know, condition because of that or something. Right. But it is like, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, I was just thinking about that in relation to like people like cheering on like Biden's senility and like his evil and his crimes. Like, it's like, you don't really think this, but like the blue and on people are, are just Nazis. Yeah, they are, dude. Like no meaningful difference. No, like look, no. the little kids walking out and saying, saying hi Hitler and all, how Hitler and all this shit. And these guys saying all this, like there's no meaningful difference. You know what I mean? The, the numbers is what the difference is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're still doing the same thing. They're still wiping out a, a race of people. Well, and the best example of that is how this week, there was supposed to be uh, a speaker of the house McCarthy uh or my, I'm sorry Jesus I'm like Biden I'm hey, speaker of the house McCarthy <laughs> <laughs> speaker of the house Dennis Hastert uh D Huddleston <laughs> <laughs> he had them dogs he's chasing Mitch with them dogs <laughs> where you at Mitch um speaker of the house Mike Johnson um, tried to call a vote on this like aid package to Israel. And the the whole bargain in the Senate and in the House, the whole bargain was that the Democrats went to the GOP and said, "Look, you vote for this aid package to Israel and Ukraine. We'll give you the most hardcore fascist, conservative, crackdown like fucking boot, you know." dragging like boot to the neck border bill you've ever seen and the republicans completely fucked it up they fumbled it they like they they didn't uh apparently mike johnson called the vote before he had his votes in order and it, it just i don't know it's weird it's like in the annals of like bourgeois society you expect there to be this kind of like dialectic tension between like the forces of reaction and the forces of i guess you could call like moderation right like yeah the ones who claim to like oh uh you know we can't make things better tomorrow we have to drag things out and uh we're, we're the also rational- kind of fun we're like a the least decadent 
wealthy, like for a nation that's the wealthiest in the history of the world, we just, we ain't doing much with that. No. <laughs> in terms no. of decadence. No. <laughs> pretty boring for uh, such a wealthy society. Um, Pretty boring. Well, and, and and so the thing is, is that the Republicans fucked this up. They didn't pass this bill. And so then I started seeing like political uh, commentary, uh, you know, various statements from Biden people saying, oh, I guess the Republicans don't actually care about border security. Uh, they and then and then I saw this one um, tweet, this quote uh, this is at Igor Bobich. Uh, Murphy going off on GOP saying they're a nightmare to negotiate with. They are a disaster right now. How can you trust any Republicans right now? They told us what to do. We followed their instructions to the letter. And then they pulled the rug out from under us in 24 hours. Um, Imagine that. <laughs> I, like, we followed them. I guess that's Greg Murphy, probably, if I had to guess. Uh, or maybe it was Chris Murphy. Too many Murphys. Regardless, I think the the point is is that they're doing they're doing Republicans bidding, right? They're doing exactly what they want, and they can't. They even, even said it. They even said yeah. it. it's like we we did exactly what they told us to do. <laughs> How embarrassing! Yeah, <laughs> no gamesmanship, no fucking negotiation, no you know nothing. Just. Oh, he did exactly what they told us to do, and then they still screwed us. <laughs> One is the thing; it's like you get this. If if you understand the sort of like historical material progress of Western bourgeois society as this, like I said, this sort of dialectical tension between like the forces of moderation, the forces of reaction. You look at like Weimar Germany and say, like, okay, that's a clear cut case. The forces of moderation cleared the path for the Nazis. They basically handed over the levers of state power to them. That's not happening here. There's this like fundamental breakdown in the way this is supposed to go. And so as a result, you've got the Democrats adopting this position that is indistinguishable from yeah, basically the most Nazi like Rudolf Hess like third Reich position imaginable. Yeah. Cuz they have to. They, they they're empty yeah. vessels, right? And so they have to fill that role cuz that's what yeah. the sort of like structural imperative of of this moment demands and someone has yeah. to fill it and it's not the conservatives because either to they're too cowardly they're too uh self-obsessed they're too egotistical or whatever all these various yeah. reasons and so the democrats yeah. are like okay well then we'll say uh, uh, yeah, hey yeah, we'll, do, we'll do it we'll be the nazis <laughs> i don't know fucking idiots man fucking idiots from top to bottom <laughs> if dude it generally would not it genuinely would not surprise me if in 50 years maybe it might take a little bit longer than 50 years maybe like 100 years we'll probably be dead by then but if like the parties flipped again if the democrats once again became <laughs> like blood and soil racist like psychopaths like and Grants, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Republicans. because like the groundwork is kind of there because republicans are kind of like I need my safe space. Every, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they yeah. While the Democrats are just like kind of like unwittingly just becoming bloodthirsty fucking genocide maniacs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so stupid, dude. It's grim. Our bulwark against the encroaching fascists are these people, and we can't do any better. Apparently, 
<laughs> Our bulwark are the guys that said we did exactly what the Republicans wanted us to do. <laughs> That does not inspire confidence, friends. <laughs> oh man. Well, and then, um, and then this week, like Netanyahu said that they weren't going to. They rejected the ceasefire. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. And and then obviously, like you saw this, like Thomas Friedman had this op op ed about how. Oh, we've got it. the Biden plan. What did he call it? Like the Biden doctrine? Like, oh, this is the grandiose new doctrine for the Middle East. And then like two days later, Saudi Arabia is like, we're not fucking moving. We're not doing shit unless you give. Not because Saudi Arabia gives a shit about Palestinians. They don't. They don't fucking care at right. all. No. They just no. they just realize that like if they are going to be hegemonic over the Middle East and its resources, that's the primary thing. They have yeah. to give lip service to this political dream this political uh totem that has been important for fucking 70 80 years right like it's completely cynical for the saudis to do that it's right. got yeah yeah nothing to do with them actually caring regardless the fucking biden people can't even do that they should get they should get the iron hand guy on the case he works for <laughs> yeah hey get you a man on the inside <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah and that guy's got like you know, he's got connections with big country superstars. We could get That's exactly like right. get James Jones, who's a who's a big country song singer right now. Um, uh, Jelly Luke, Roll, uh, get him to sing a song about how we need a two state solution. That's exactly it, man. That's how, it, dude. Yeah, yeah. You want a ceasefire done? We got. There's only one man that can get that done. His name's <laughs> Jelly Roll. <laughs> Did you know that did you know Toby Keith had a um okay in did you know that in the lyrics for Taliban song let me read you the last I didn't uh, know this song existed 42 <laughs> minutes ago so <laughs> It's called the Taliban song. I think he only played it live. I'm not sure that it ever appeared on a album cuz like he fuck he probably knew how fucking racist this was. Um I'm just a middle-aged Middle Eastern camel herding man, and I got a little two-bedroom cave here in North Afghanistan. Oh, things, boy. Things used to be real nice, and then they got out of hand since they moved in. They call themselves the Taliban. Oh, yeah, the Taliban singing, oh, the Taliban, baby. Um, Let me ask you a question. Do you think the Taliban ever, like, cranks that, like, kind of ironically? <laughs> at, their, at their computer desk jobs that they hate now? They're like... Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um there's a very strange lyric in this though, okay? Oh oh you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one really was on shocking y'all. Uh um the last lyric of this. You know someday soon we're both gonna saddle up and it'll be ride camel ride. Jesus dog. Is he trying to find common cause with with like the common like Afghan man, but he's like doing it in racist tropes. He's doing white working class virtue signaling for the common Afghan man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he has like no concept of how like Afghan people really live, so he's just like saying, like, oh well, they're just living caves with camels, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like 
extremely racist. Um, maybe that's the maybe he's doing the Jason Williamson thing, the um, big white ghetto. Remember when he wrote that article? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's doing that with Afghanistan. He's like, they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Actually, Jason Williamson didn't say that about East Kentucky. He or Kevin said, Williamson, right? What's that? Was well, it's Ke- Kevin Williamson? Kevin Williamson, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He basically that. that's important. <laughs> he said that uh, East Kentucky, I think, just needs to be like nuked. Pretty much, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think it was like it was like more contempt than you would normally have on the right. You know? Yeah. They usually pander, but he was just like, nah, I think we just need to get rid of them all. Yeah. <laughs> They're a scourge, yeah. Bomb them back to the stone. That would be funny if American conservatives started advocating for bombing East Kentucky back to the stone. <laughs> yeah, let's bomb them back to the stone. It's like, let's turn it to a glass factory. <laughs> <laughs> Ha- they can all have so there's no there's no sand here doesn't matter glass factory plays well <laughs> they've got the glass delusion they all think they're made of glass anyways <laughs> they all think they're made of coal <laughs> um uh, uh okay my bad i i got sidetracked sidetracked here um you know someday soon we're gonna both saddle up and it'll be ride camel ride my old lady she'll be w- here with me just smiling right by my side we should do just fine out around Palestine or maybe Turkmenistan. He said Palestine. You could say that back then. Wait, hold on a second. So, okay. So if you wade through all the racism, mm. technically Toby Keith did say that he did acknowledge the existence of Palestine. He did acknowledge the existence, yes. Okay. I... No, that's, that's how far we've come. Like, it... You used to be able to acknowledge that Palestinians exist, but you had to be racist about it and say that they're subhuman. Now you just say that they don't exist at all. They're a figment right, of your right. imagination. They're two million holograms. Yeah, when you think when you think Palestine, no, you didn't. That, that <laughs> yes, exactly. That's ultimately what's behind the whole like Pallywood conspiracy theory, which is honestly like straight out of Protocols of Elders of Zion type shit. What is that? The um. What it is is it's the idea that like every video you see of like a neighborhood getting bombed or uh, people in hot children in hospitals or people dying in the streets is actually made in a Hollywood type um, studio. You know what I'm saying? Pallet. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Basically, there's people really believe that. People really believe that, dude. Like among the poorest people in the world have all these elaborate tools at their disposal to create cinema basically pretty much Um, oh my god i mean that is just straight up holocaust denialism stuff straight up it's yeah (laughs) it's insane dude not not meaningfully different anyway um so yeah we should do just fine out around palestine or maybe turkmenistan all right here's the weird lyric We'll bid a we'll bid a fair ado and flip a couple fingers to the Taliban. We'll bid a fair ado and give a big boner to the Taliban. That's the, the lyric. We'll give a big boner. It's like we'll send them a dick pic. Like what do you mean? We'll give like a big boner to oh we'll you waving we'll your, be fuck we'll be fucking them over by getting out of here or something. I guess so. Or like it, it's you know how like in Full Metal Jacket the guys in the helicopter are like. Get some! Like, it's just a guy, and he's hanging out of a helicopter just jerking off over Afghanistan. 
I'm wondering, I'm wondering, really and truly now, I'm sad that he's gone because I would have loved to figure out what he exactly he meant by that. <laughs> Pick his brain about it. Well, that's like it's like, like he's kind of doing, he's kind of doing the. Um, yeah, you could tell that's like uh, him and Jim Jones sat down one day and got you know real liquored up and was like, no, we need to write a song. But it's about like a good Afghan guy who supports the cause, and he hates the Taliban, and he's getting uh-huh. out. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It's like Jim James Jones was Toby Keith's muse, man. That's crazy. Four star general, supreme allied commander. Now, can you imagine all the muses that artists have had over the years? Like, <laughs> usually, it's like you know. A woman you saw running through a field naked one time, <laughs> you know, or you know, in the case of F. Scott Fitzgerald, you know, Zelda, a woman you were hopelessly in love with that tried to put you out of business at every turn. Not for Toby Keith. <laughs> I lost it. Did you? Were you talking about Zelda Fitzgerald again? Yeah, oh yeah, you know, it always goes back to. Were you Were you doing that thing where you wax poetic about Z- Zelda Fitzgerald again? Right. <laughs> Just kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, you that, were. Okay. Uh, Good to know. It's kind of funny. Did you ever hear the, you know, Toby Keith fought the allegations, I feel like, a lot during his life. Uh-huh. You know that. You know about. what allegations I'm talking about. What? <laughs> Do I know what allegations you're talking about? Did you never heard that Toby Keith was, you know. Was he? That's, I've I've heard many people say that. Now, in fairness, so it's like fairness. What? Well, in fairness, he did have kind of a gay name. Yes. Let's just call it that. So I think it's probably, you know, kind of, you know, people. You know, if his name would have been Jim Jones, for example, nobody would have said anything. But well, when I search for. Was Toby Keith gay? The first thing that comes up was, before finding success with his music, Keith worked on oil fields and as a semi-professional footballer. I guess that's supposed to say that no. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm so, I, well, and I wasn't doing that to do like some sort of distasteful, like posthumous outing or anything like that. Oh, I was just, I was just bringing up that <clears throat> that was something that had floated around for a while, and you know. So it's like, how do you like me now? Now that I'm kind of gay. Now that you know I'm gay. <laughs> that would have been so tight, though. <laughs> you used to hate me, but now you're, you've are you opened your mind up a little bit. <laughs> About the possibilities of human sexuality. <laughs> me and Jimmy are just friends. <laughs> Nothing else, no way. We just hang out every weekend. Out on that lake. Just me and him. <laughs> Together on the boat, <laughs> <laughs> living in your radio. Oh man, I'm known as the throat goat. <laughs> Jesus, oh, damn it, James Jones. I have to know just how much of his catalog Jim Jones co-wrote. Does he, does he have any co-writing credits on any of those songs? <laughs> I don't know. We should look that up. Like, if, does James Jones get like ASCAP royalties? Yeah. 
And like, did what would also be crazy is if he like swindled Toby Keith into signing over his estate, and then he had somebody at the State Department hit Toby Keith with the cancer gun. <laughs> Wouldn't that be really wild if Toby Keith's death ended up being like some kind of deep state, uh, you know, mission or something? Well, dude, listen to this. Um, Toby Keith claimed to be really good friends with Bill Richardson former governor of New Mexico who was good friends with one Jeffrey Epstein. So there's a good chance that Toby Keith at least in some way encountered the Epstein world right through Bill Richardson. If he was as good as friends with Bill Richardson as he said he was, then he surely came into contact with it in some way. Wonder why they were pals. Well, that's the that's what this op-ed in the New York Times was trying to get at. It was trying to say that like Toby Keith had Democrat friends. He supported Barack Obama. And then I looked into that stuff and I was like, what it actually is, the truth of it. By the way, the op-ed mentions nothing about Natalie Maines or the chicks, any of that stuff. It doesn't mention any of that shit. Uh, yeah, trying to drub their career and all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and successfully, and to some degree. Yeah, to to some degree, yes, I would say definitely. Um but uh, I looked into that, and like I said, the reason he liked Obama was just because <laughs> Obama gave James Jones a job. James Jones a job, and um, I mean, I support that. Like, if someone gave you a job, I'd be like, "All right, good on that guy." All right, all right, thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gave my friend Tom a job. Hey, Tommy's got a job. <laughs> He's good. At, that guy's good in my book now. <laughs> yeah, like that's how stupid he was. Like that, I'm saying, like that's a. That is a quintessentially American personality defect, right? It's just like, oh yeah, that's okay. I like I I saw a quote from Toby Keith that said like politics is ruining America. It's like yes, that's that is the stupid. <laughs> like there's no the, enigma here. Uh, this guy was- the man, the man that that said uh, we'll put a boot in your ass. The American, it's the American way thinks that politics. The mechanism through which like those decisions are made <laughs> to go put boots in asses or mm-hmm. pretend to put boots in asses, you know, mm-hmm. as is pro- more accurately the case, is is what's ruining America. That's so what's he's, ruining America. yeah, he is de facto admitting that the very thing that drives my art is what's ruining America. <laughs> yeah. Um. It just gets to this thing that, like, I'm a big fan of Mike Duncan's Revolutions podcast series, but I've always avoided listening to the revolution to the season about the American Revolution because it's like I just never really like found it that interesting. Like, it's the stuff, it's the shit you had to learn in school, and it's like, oh, Second Continental Congress, whatever. But yeah, I was like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna give it a fair shake. There is this like Marxist argument that I've seen people make that like even if you think that the American Revolution was in hindsight reactionary, <laughs> whatever, it was historically progressive and therefore you have to find something good out of it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll give it a fair shake. I'm a fair person. Yeah. That's what people have said about me. I'm yeah, fair. That's, tr- that's true. You are a paragon of fairness. I am. I give everything a shake. That's why you were named to the penultimate court. <laughs> That's exactly you right. Hey, you don't ascend to those heights without being, you know, have a reputation for fairness. <laughs> That's exactly right. And like, 
Dude, I'm sorry. Like, I I have tried so hard to get into it, but it is so fucking boring. There's nothing interesting, compelling, dramatic. Like, compare it to the French Revolution, which has some of these amazing set pieces, right? Yeah. It's just like... Wild characters. Yes. Yeah. Like Marat and Dent, Danton and, like, the fucking Cordillé Club and, like... These amazing fucking set pieces, like the women walking to the National Assembly and kidnapping the king and all this. F- incredible drama. And then you fucking get to the American Revolution and it's just like, this guy's kind of f- pissed off about having to pay some taxes and this guy's pissed off that the British... It's the up. same shit we're mad about to this day. <laughs> it's the, you, you get an insight into the psyche of the politically active American. And that's why, like, I, you know, I saw a video that was going around of, like, this woman who was boasting about how she participated in January 6th, and now she's voting for Biden. And it's like, man, you could not come up—history has granted this, this amazing gift to us, which is that it's finally proven that, like, both Democrats and Republicans are so poisoned stupid. They're so moronic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just shit stupid. Shit stupid. It's yeah. fucking just—it's Toby Keith saying that, like, you know, we're going to wave our boners at the Taliban. It's like, dude, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. There's no enigma. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no fucking deeper investigation about human nature or political economy or law or anything. We've made no, no contributions. A boring, boring, boring nation. <laughs> the only thing we're good at is music. That's it. Music and art, but which sometimes can be, you know, can be an outgrowth of being bored. <laughs> yeah, especially when James Jones is, like, <laughs> trying to, like, co-opted for i did see that james jones also consulted for libya but then the united states government made him stop they were like that's offensive sir you've gone too far sir you've got actually we're going to scapegoat that guy a little bit down the road so if you could just <laughs> right you know distance yourself right now <laughs> <laughs> right that'd be great it doesn't appear like yeah. james jones ever married so so uh, let me get this straight. Toby Keith hung out on the lake every weekend with a confirmed bachelor. <laughs> yes. I'm not I'm not saying anything. A guy who styled I himself don't. as a supreme allied commander. Huh? Listen, I don't and I don't want to go you remember when like liberals were like, Oh, Trump's sucking off Putin. Look at him. He's <laughs> sucking he's fucking sucking off Putin. I don't want to do that because I think that's distasteful. I think it's you know. <laughs> I am just saying it's interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Look at Trump. All he does all day is suck off fucking Putin. <laughs> they love that shit. Remember? Just jacking their hogs thinking about it. <laughs> American, dude, it's the thing. It's why, probably is why the American thing is so boring compared to the French one. It's because, like, all American libidinal energy is channeled through politics. In France, they get all that libidinal shit out in the proper place. And then place. go do politics. <laughs> yeah, I, I say that. It's a nation of degenerates and perverts. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's a nation of sex pests, but <laughs> yeah. yes. In America, we're all sex pests, but we all funnel it into the fucking politics. Yeah, but you that's have to why- get into politics first before you become a sex pest. Yeah, and that's why it's boring. Yeah. I, d- I just can't find anything in it that's compelling. Like, there's no set piece. There's nothing in it 
partially because of um, the geography of America. It's so massive. Even already at this time, the 13 colonies is way bigger than France was at that time. It's just like everything takes place over these massive distances. The only fucking part of it that's any even remotely compelling is the Knox expedition. When Henry Knox slipped out of New York and went to, what, Saratoga? Uh, or Ticonderoga, for Ticonderoga, and brought back all these fucking guns and cannons and shit, and and had to like bring it over mountains. You know what I mean? Like fucking three hundred miles, this massive artillery train. That's cool. I like that shit. Yeah, I'd watch a movie of that. That's. Yeah. I'm always like, what would I watch a movie of? I don't want to fucking watch a movie of like the Battle of Trenton. Was what is cool about that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I want to watch a fucking artillery train movie where they're like, you know, fucking British soldiers are, and loyalists are taking pot shots at them. And they're fucking like, how are, what are the logistics? They're mapping out the logistics. Like, that's what I like to see. Here's what I'm going to make is a Jonathan Glazer style movie, but it's just two and a half hours of Washington and the boys crossing the Delaware. <laughs> Like, which wouldn't take two and a half hours, obviously, but I'm going to make it kind of stretch it out. And instead of, like, uh, you know, having any plot or anything, it's going to be kind of voyeuristic in that same way. And it's just going to be like them sitting around, like, talking about titties and <laughs> drinking beer and stuff. And, like, you know, it's in the winter time and everything's freezing, it's cold, whatever. Yes. But just two and a half hours of the fellas in a boat <laughs> crossing a river that might have took, I don't know. No, it. Ten. I've just looked it up. It apparently took them eleven hours. So really, yeah. So I'm gonna have to do like Ken Burns style. Yeah, you have to do like, like a four part longer series. piece. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How? It, why did it take them so long? Well, like back, you know, like things were on like wooden wheels or, or probably iron wheels or something. Like sometimes your shit gets rutted out. Like you have to fucking replace your wheels on your wagons. Everybody's got diarrhea. How wide is the Delaware? <laughs> yeah, I guess that you got to stop every, you know, you stop, three feet. Because <laughs> everyone's got diarrhea constantly. Yeah. All anybody <laughs> ate back then was hardtack, which was a big saltine <laughs> cracker, basically. It was a massive Everybody's saltine. malnourished. <laughs> yes. Yep. This is probably before we were fortifying foods with essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah. There's just there's nothing there, and then the, and to connect it to my original point, it's like that's that's fully embodied in the work and uh, worldview of one Toby Keith, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? The banality of <laughs> yeah. America just wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. He had to try to make it a little more interesting. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Well, it's like by the end of his career, man, he was just like. I don't know. I I I agree. Should have been a cowboy still bangs though. Yeah. And honestly, he was not wrong. I should have been a cowboy. You know how much a little you happier sh- I'd be? You should have. That's true. And also, you know, there is a kind of a sad story I heard of him like probably a year before he died, somebody saw him in a bar in Lexington singing karaoke by himself. <laughs> like <laughs> It, that, that's like sad i mean to be like you're on top of the world you've got a direct fucking line to power in the early 2000s all this stuff only to end up like kind of a sick old man like you know Damn, dude 
Damn, dude. That's that's okay. I take it back. That's pretty poetic. Only in America a, could you get that. Yeah. I that's mean, it's almost cool. kind of like Bill Clinton just staring out and saying, I was the leader of the free world for eight years. Mm-hmm. I was the leader of the free world for eight years. Like fucking Jack Torrance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All well, I mean, no play Keith, makes Bill a dull boy. Without Toby Keith. The thing is, dude, is that people think that like Toby Keith's major contribution to American culture was courtesy of the red, white and blue was American soldier. Uh, you know, his big Iraq war anthems and stuff. No. What Yellowstone proves was that his largest contribution to American culture was I should have been a cowboy because that's how we all feel. We all yeah. feel like we should have been cowboys. That's true. We're all gay. Everybody really wants to hang with the fellas and ride a pony on a sleep in the bunkhouse, right? Exactly. We want to sleep in the in the bunkhouse. I just got that shock and y'all is a play on shock and awe. Ah, it's the y'all star (laughs) version. That's pretty bad, dude. What's worse, shock and y'all or? Uh, what's the new Taylor Swift called? The Tortured Poets Department. Tortured Poets. I don't know. That album. That album's going to bang, no question. That's just an incredibly bad title. <laughs> um, Tortured Poets Department. Yeah, and and shocking y'all for that matter. Well, I think the thing is, is I think she knows it's bad, and I think that's part of the bit. Um, but that in and of itself is cringe. Like she, you know what I'm saying? Like she thinks that's really clever and funny. That she's that self-aware. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the idea that, like, in the irony of me being a billionaire and and still saying I'm a tortured poet or whatever, or maybe we're missing the whole thing. You know. Well, she that is topical because I'm pretty sure Toby Keith signed her. Is that right? I'm pretty yeah, pretty sure Toby Keith is like responsible for her entire fucking career, basically. Or. Or that could be something the right wingers are saying because they're pissed off about her and Travis Kelsey. So they may be trying to like retroactively, they're doing revisionist history. <laughs> One day when Travis Kelsey dies, we're going to get he was an enigma wrapped in a something wrapped in a da 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 da. <laughs> and what's funny is just like a one hit quitter guy from like Metro Cincinnati, just normal dumb guy. Mm-hmm. is going to be remembered as this like liberal icon just because somebody paid him to do a vaccine commercial one time. <laughs> yeah. I promise you that man has not really thought about these things that much in his life. I'm, I, dude, I'm going to tell you something straight up, all right? Mm. I am... I think that no one has a better life than that guy. I think he like legitimately might be the best... Oh, I agree. I, I envy him so much because he's stupid as shit. He's a millionaire. Or I mean, dating Taylor Swift. He's on top of the world. <laughs> I envy him. I don't even really care one way or the other about Taylor Swift. What I'm really envious of him is that he's just a fucking idiot, and I just wish that I was like a slobbering idiot. You know what I mean? And it's and, not too late. <laughs> start right, it's start not too playing late. rec league football. <laughs> Get knocked around <laughs> for about five years and. You'll get there. <laughs> okay, this is um, 
this is the truth on Taylor and Toby. In the after, okay, Keith was a major f- figure in Swift's early years. He helped found the Cruel Summer Singers' first record label, Big Machine, along with Scott Borchetta, but left six oh, months. Okay, so he owned her first label. Yeah, but he left six months later to focus on his own label, Showdog Nashville. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. The titles keep getting. <laughs> And listen, this coming from a man whose thing has a dumb title. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the same thing as helped give her a start. I'm not sure if that's. Yeah, I don't know, man. I. That's a fairly tenuous connection. Yeah, I'm gonna say that that's. Re- re- bing, bing, bing! I'm calling revisionist history on that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rate that at about two Pinocchios. Because <laughs> it's not untrue, but it's right. not. Not the whole story. It's either. not the whole story. He like probably just fronted some cash and then dipped out. Like there's no. It's not like he was like he saw the fucking artistic potential of her. Like she has the uh, uh, possibility of becoming the biggest superstar, you know, in the 21st century America. It's like he didn't. It's not that he probably just fronted some cash and was like, I gotta go do show dog national. Yeah, there was like six months of overlap between them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, dude. Yeah, it's revisionist history. It's the right wingers trying to glom on. It, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm gonna have to give that. I'm gonna have to give that a pants on fire rating, <laughs> or a pants smoking. Pan, the smoke, pants. Are, yeah, yeah. The pants caught just caught on fire. <laughs> yeah, there's some smoke coming out of the pants. Yeah, we've not really noticed that they're ablaze yet, but right, right, right. Okay. No. Um. Well, I think that probably about covers it for this week. Um, all, all, the moral of today's sh- show, all right, if you're looking for a, a grand lesson, the moral of today's show is never let your best friend who's a supreme ally commander talk you into writing the most racist, jingoistic, violent battle song uh, of early 21st century. It will not age well. And I think if there's another takeaway, it's that... If you're shit stupid and or otherwise brain compromised, <laughs> it's better that way. One hundred percent. Yeah, because like it's you can tell it's not even fun for Biden because Biden is shit stupid. But you can tell that like we live in his like uh, Charlie Kaufman esque like life retrospective. Like you can t- you can see like when he has that moment. The the Mitterrand gaffe was at an event where people were chanting ceasefire now. And you can see him having this moment where he turns back and the spotlight's on him and there's people cheering him on and he's like, Francois Mitterrand, Francois Mitterrand and Helmut Kohl. And like you can see all the fucking past characters of his life like coming out of the sides of the stage because life's a life's a theater. Life's all a big act, man. Life's a play. It's a tragic comedy, and, you know, and, and like it's the Charlie Kaufman, like the all of America is the giant warehouse that, like the you know, in Synecdoche, New York, that the the director built for us all, and we live in it, and like we because we live in it as it starts to deteriorate because his mind is deteriorating, we also start to deteriorate. Are deteriorating with him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so as he inches closer and closer to Jeff Goldblum and the fly level, <laughs> so so do we as a so nation. Do we. Yeah. So do we. And and so that's why Travis Kelsey has the better 
degenerative a brain. necrotic nation. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're like. The future of America will be deciding whose degenerative brain disorder is better than the. Because like we're all gonna have degenerative brain disorders from being on our cell phones all the time. Like we're gonna have massive like growths coming out of the sides of our heads. Like Eric Andre in that episode of Righteous Gemstones. Right. Like, right. like we'll ha- well like we'll all have that, and then the leaders will have like um, you know, obviously like the Mitch McConnell like shutting down and and Joe Biden and. Synecdoche, New York syndrome, and all that, and then you know P- Travis Kelsey will have the the um, uh, what is it called when you CTE, chronic, yeah, traumatic encephalopathy. That'll be the future of America. We're we'll all be sitting around comparing brain degenerative brain disorders. Oh my god, <laughs> that's it, dude. Microplastics that like can cross the blood brain barrier barrier dislodge have plastic brains. Yeah, we'll have yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it won't be the it won't be the glass delusion, it'll be the plastic delusion. The plastic delusion. Like we'll all think we're made out of plastic snart. And and the sick thing is, is we won't really be wrong. It'll be true. We'll have like yeah. radioactive caused tumors growing out of our plastic brains that have been de- degenerated from like too many head concussions and <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> a grimoire. <laughs> Love it. Okay, man. All right. Well, uh, R.I.P. to Toby Keith. Um, if you would like to go support us on Patreon, you know where to find us. P a t r e o n dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Please go support us over there. Um, help me finish. Help me complete my plastic brain. You know, <laughs> yeah. Help me to continue this process, please. I would love that. Um. All right. Well, please go support us over there. We'll see you at the Patreon this coming weekend. Uh, go with God. Have a great weekend. Adios. See you guys.